Behold, child, you are risen from the dust, and you walk in my garden. Hear now my voice, and know that I am your maker, and I am called Elohim. Wow, nice to meet you, Dad. I am looking forward to gardening. Oh, look. A turret beep dot boop dot beep dot boop dot beep dot boop dot beep dot boop. Enough. Silence, demon. You will torment this one no more. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Deep introspection. <laughs> good. Oh, that's that's a that's a thoughtful good. So uh, I guess that means more or something. <laughs> I was just looking for a, a minimum societal response, immediate good. You know, and you, you know. Sorry, I, I'm not <laughs> reading the cue cards. He's going off script. <laughs> uh, tonight we we're talking about a game called the Talos Principle. I like how you had to look at the monitor. I was glancing at levels. I'm going to do I, this I know, forever. I know. But, uh, um, Talos Principle, though. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a puzzle game or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, thanks for <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, it's one of... I shouldn't say a few. I'm not usually as avid a puzzler, mm-hmm. riddler, whatever, quizzer, I think, they're, as they're called. I think riddler is correct. I'm not so much a riddler uh, for my go-to. But I do like thinking logically solving puzzles getting to the end of something mm-hmm. and this game does a great job at that it does have logical thinking puzzles and an end <laughs> <laughs> confirmed the game ends <laughs> but i i just really liked it um i think i don't remember if i watched a trailer and was interested or like somebody mentioned it to me mm-hmm. i think i just saw it on steam like what's this and it seemed kind of cool but then as i got into it they have a lot of good world building and mm. atmosphere throughout the whole game. And that combined with the puzzles and challenges and everything. I was like, when I, when I get stumped, I was like, it's not like I feel defeated. I'm like, I'm coming back for you, motherfucker. <laughs> I definitely, I, I can empathize with that up to a point and then it just drops off entirely. It's just like a, the abyssal plane of interest. Um, but uh, how would you how would you describe Talos as a puzzle game? So this is this is like a three D uh, kind of open. It's not an open world, but it is. I mean, it's a first adventure. person kind of first person. There's platforming. Mm-hmm. There's obstacles. It's really a lot of in interacting with the individual components of each puzzle. So it's broken out into rooms. Uh, yeah. So distinct areas, I think. Typically, for each area, which is kind of themed for like different time periods, mm-hmm. um, there will be a hub area, and then each hub area will have like level one. And in that level, they'll kind of have like a hey, here's how you teleport back to the hub. Right. And then there'll be like a couple of purple doors, which you can't take objects through. Right. And then when you walk in, it'll have the name of the puzzle. And it's usually something a little bit clever, like, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Getting uh, over it with Benefati. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like a hint most of the time, right? Like, because if you understand the play on words, then it tells you what your objective is for that. Certain ones are on the nose. Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a mechanic we'll explain a little bit more later where there's um, two different colors of lasers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to hook up the one laser to the one receptacle and the other one to the other receptacle right. based off the color. Um, and if the lasers touch each other, they kind of cancel each other out right. because they're at the exact same horizontal and vertical plane. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, so th- it's called like crossing paths and like, yeah. I fucking get it. <laughs> Don't cross Thanks. the beams or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I know that, uh, there's, that's one of the messages you can get on the walls too. Like someone can paint is don't cross, Don't the, cross beams. the beams. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a call back to that. Um, but yeah, like like many puzzle games, they start out with um, kind of a reduced set of devices and tools, mechanics you have to deal with, and then they just continually add on top of that for later later levels, um, with some exceptions where they kind of like scale back the complexity a little bit. Um, it, 
I mean, if they're doing like a completely new mechanic, mm-hmm. they might like do eliminates like, hey, it's just this thing. Yeah, we won't spook you. This is this is what it is. Yeah, and you're like, okay, cool. And the next one's like, also remember that other thing. Both of them go, <laughs> and it's not ever in a way of. It's trying to trick you, because ninety nine percent of the time it's something that you've experienced before. So, like initially, when you first start out in the game, yeah, uh, and you're getting the the talk through from God, uh-huh. Elohim, Elohim, <laughs> yeah, uh, you pick up this item called a jammer, right. which is like a little tripod camera like thing, and there's either like a laser door or like some like a force angry field. machine, yeah, and you you put it on and it freezes the thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, cool. So you now know you can use it to freeze bad things that want to kill you. Right. Or you can use it to disable those force field doors to pass through. Right. And then those are used throughout the game. And it's always to disable something. It's the only thing it does. Yeah. But there are also pressure plates in the game. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. So I think there's one level where you have to disable a force field, but it's like the seven doors. It's the seven one, yep. Mm -hmm. Motherfucker. The first time I did that, first playthrough mm-hmm. god it was rough but you can put it down on the pressure plate to open one of the doors yeah and then also deactivate a door further down yeah. now that you've opened the door right in front of it mm-hmm. so it's like the layers of application to the the problem solving you're just like okay i can use this piece to solve this part of the puzzle but mm-hmm. at the same time you actually need to solve two pieces like um and that kind of mental complexity is at play for a lot of Talos principle like how, how can you use the part the thing slightly different than you have in the past another example is the um the reflector lenses which i think is the second thing you unlock after the jammer not 100 percent sure the well, box might be first i think it's box box yeah um which is you know reminiscent of the companion cube mm-hmm. but it's just a fucking box it's basically the same thing except like if you were um on the ground you can jump up to one box high or if you're on like an elevated position, you can jump up on top of like a two box stack or something like that. It depends on as long as you can make the jump, you yeah. can jump up there basically. Um, and you also this game has a lot more stacking things on top of boxes than uh, Portal did, um, uh, including the reflectors. So th- those are those are the uh, the laser connectors that he was talking about, where it's a blue or a red laser. Um, you can grab a reflector, be like, hey, I'm going to connect it to that source and then to this destination. It'll go through. Um, the game has another kind of cognitive shift with the reflectors where instead of just finding the, the happy path to the solution, you have to develop a path to like unlock some more pieces of the puzzle, more devices, and then go back and like reconfigure your path to actually make it go to the solution. Yeah. Um, um, usually... When it first starts out, you're like, that's the thing I want over there. Yeah. And like these little Tetris pieces called sigils. Yes. Which you then use to unlock other areas for like next levels or tools down the line. Right. So to a point, you are gated by that mm-hmm. where you have to complete certain things. But they're never things where you're like, fuck this. It's always like. <laughs> Unless you're me. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you need to meet this level of ability or skill before you can move on right but you're never forced to 100 percent complete everything in each area right you have the option to come back the game's also very explicit about um having <coughs> tools that you don't have access to if you go to an area where that's required like it's just flashes on the top of your screen like yeah. hey you need this you need this you need this um and also uh i'm kind of contrasting this to the witness where you can find puzzles and you have no idea how to solve them. Um, and this one, you know exactly, to the credit of uh, the Talos principle, like at the front of each door, there's a little sign that's like, here's the puzzle, here are the components that will be involved in it. Um, and then it like checks it off when you completed it. And there's a bunch of little arrows um, and kind of in the overworld at each of these hubs. Or a point the like, hey, uh, over here's the thing. But yeah. It's cross out, you're like, oh, I already did that one. Yeah. Because it is, like you said, it is pretty open. Mm-hmm. Initially, it's like, here's a box. There's three rooms. Yeah. Um, but as it goes, 
there's more stuff outside of just those little level areas. Those are kind of like containerized mm-hmm. uh, in their own thing. But then there's like an area around it for right. like nothing mandatory. Yeah. But it's like some optional stuff. If you're trying to collect like challenge stars, or if you're trying to explore, there might be like computer terminals or other things that help if you want to do more challenges or you're just invested in the lore. Right. It flushes out the lore a lot more. So the game is broken out into, I think it's uh, areas A, B, and C, and then yes. the tower, um, depending on your uh, choices. Um, and then each area has its own kind of uh, distinct uh, design and feel for it. Um, so you, you start out in the ruins, um, which uh, has this, uh, like you've written here, Greco-Roman architecture. And I like that term, Greco-Roman. Um, I would like I refuse to say Roman now. It's always Greco-Roman, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, I like it. But um, that's where you're kind of you're you're dropped in there, and Elohim starts talking to you, and he's he's got this booming. I'm gonna say, uh, bass enhanced voice. Oh my god, it's definitely hundred percent feel definitely it is. like in the headphones every time he talks. And uh, just as an aside, if you take too long on a puzzle, he'll be like. Like, my child, like, take some time, like, check out another puzzle and come back to this. And he doesn't phrase it in that way. Yeah, much he's more like, like a deity. Yeah. But he says it out of nowhere, and so I'm just like, oh my god. You know, like, <laughs> invested in the puzzle too immediately. Terrified. Like, thanks, Elohim. Um, but uh, he's kind of an interesting character. He wants you to obtain the sigils, um, avoid climbing the tower, and kind of prove yourself, you know, a, a worthy child or something. You know, how would you de- how would you define Elohim's uh, intentions here? Because that's the vibe I got. And full disclosure, I did not beat the game either time. Because <laughs> we we got this when it came out a while back and played. Um, but wanted to play again because it's, it's been a couple years. Yeah, it came out in uh, two thousand fourteen December. And we played it in 2015, like early. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> to answer your question, though, because uh, I tangented off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very. He's kind of like the narrator. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like being directed, because otherwise you're just like in a game, you're doing random puzzles and shit. So that's kind of giving you the impetus for like, you're doing these things to please your, quotes heavenly father. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and then like when you do a good job, he's like, well done. <laughs> I can't do the voice. Um, yeah. but yeah, he's very rewarding mm-hmm. and very assuring about you going through the garden, solving these, I forget what they're called. I think they're called trials. He phrases them as, yeah. Uh, and dealing with the, the guardians, which right. are like the robots are trying to kill you. <laughs> it's like one ball. That if you move too close to it, it will home in on you and explode. Yeah. You can kind of t- tell with, like, the laser tracking radius how close to get it, before like, it gets dangerous. It pops up in a half-deployed stage. There's, <laughs> like, red lasers all over the place. And the other Guardian is just a fucking minigun <laughs> that also has, like, a laser that kind of goes out. Kind yeah. of does, like, the scatter. It's very... It's, so you know what the range is. Yeah. It's, You're not like, oh, I fucked up my puzzle and got shot because I didn't know. It's functionally really similar to a larger cone portal to turret with higher damage. <laughs> yeah. It's you stationary. Can't, you can't fuck around with that one so much. Yeah. Um, and then there's also these little uh, floaty orb guys that are electric. And they can't kill you, but they will shock you. Um, like yeah. distort your screen if you if you bump into them. But they're just... I feel like almost... They're, they're always there to break beams, yeah. I think. So... so I don't think there's any like real craziness with boxes so much. You you can use I them. I think early on, you realize that you can place them to block things, right? Like the electric mm-hmm. guys or the uh, explodey bombs. Because remember, at one point, there's two explodey bombs going in parallel. Yeah. And you're like, I can't get through that shit. But you take a box, you kind of put it in the path of one, mm-hmm. so that it kind of staggers them. So mm-hmm. you can run in between them if you time it correctly. Right. And then later on, you can also put boxes on top of the explodey assholes and jump yeah. on top of it. 
But yeah. that's kind of the extent of boxes at that point. But like you said, with the beams, it's initially like, how do I connect this beam? Mm-hmm. Level one, you're like, I connected it, done. <laughs> level two, it's like, what if something was in the way? Yeah, it's just or like, you well, beams. I quit the game. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of it is like, you can't do the exact straightforward thing. You kind of have to meander around a little bit. Right. Remember the one that always fucks my ass a little bit <laughs> is there's like four sections to the room uh-huh and four um I, I keep on calling them laser walls force field walls yeah four mm-hmm. force fields yeah and you have to use one laser to open a door to open another door and you have a couple of these reflector lenses mm-hmm. but then when you open the third one it gives you access to the other color right and you have to connect that over even talking about it now, I don't remember how I did it. <laughs> but you have to think about ways of like, which way can I shortcut it? Right. If I open this door, it's basically trying to like, you have limited tools. Mm-hmm. And at a point, you're like, do I need an extra tool that I don't yet have access to? Right. Or do I have everything that I need? And I need to arrange it in a way where you're creating either a redundancy mm-hmm. to kind of like... Make it more efficient. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you can kind of like free up one of your tools. Yeah, because if you have like an extra reflector lens for like any level, you're like easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you always was... feel shy of just one. Right. So you have to find that exact way to do it. Yeah, but like you were saying with the uh, the electric guy slides back and forth in like a little path. Um, a lot of the receptacles for lasers will kind of fill up in like two seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, cool. Let me do that. Other ones take <laughs> like <laughs> five <laughs> or six <laughs> seconds. <laughs> That is what they sound like. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly more, less human and more electric, but <laughs> basically it's like... It's like an electric, uh, when you're filling up a glass of water, you're like, uh-huh. it's going to overflow. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Um, but like using a box, you can put the reflector lens on top. Oh, yeah. And then the I have angle the high of the laser <laughs> yeah, is higher than the electric guy. Yeah. Or maybe you need to block the electric guy with a box. Yeah. So the path doesn't cross the laser and other things. Yeah, there's I've a l- talked for a bit. I want to sip my coffee. <laughs> That's all right. My midnight coffee. Yeah, there's a lot of like using those tools to, in in kind of unique ways. Because like looking at the list here, there's six tools that they introduce to you, and most levels. Did will- you call it a hexahedron? That's what it's. That's what it's actually called when it's introduced. Introduced. Oh but, my god. But they are just boxes. Yeah. There's actually a a QR conversation with QR codes. So. You're not the only person going through this is part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you're a robot. Oh, boy. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, but there's other children of Elohim, which are different iterations of base models kind of going through this. So, like, mm-hmm. version uh, 40.2.0040, something like that. Re- revision, whatever. Um, and then uh, when they die or when they expire or they give up, then they spawn sub-processes that then start over and can try to make it to the end. What's a genetic algorithm? Yeah, basically. Um, but uh, the, there's a conversation, basically, when you get the box for the first time, and there's a bunch of uh, QR codes on the wall, which you can actually scan with your phone. Uh, there's one QR code I found in the game that didn't have any text attached to it, so I just like brought up my phone and scanned it and read the message. But you can scan all the rest of them. Uh, or just point at most of them in the game, and it shows you the text right there. But there's a conversation about like whether they're technically uh, hexahedrons or not, and all of this, and they're like, they're boxes, guys. <laughs> they're boxes. <laughs> um, but uh, you get that. You get fans, which allow you uh, verticality, and uh, you can launch yourself if it's a powered fan, um, or you can uh, well, launch other things. So fans are always attached to gears, mm-hmm. and either fans will be powered by default, or they'll need a power source from something like a laser, right? Or maybe like a pressure plate. Mm-hmm. But there are ones that go like vertically straight up. Yep. So if you put something on it, like a box, you can put a laser on top of it, and it'll stay stable, and just elevate it. Or you can elevate yourself and be like, "I claim dominion of all that I survey." <laughs> You can't get the, <laughs> the puzzle piece from there, but you can certainly be floaty. But there are times you need to like go up on a box or get high and mm-hmm. then go somewhere else. Right. 
the game's like, take a break, light up, <laughs> come back. <laughs> um, but yeah, but they're all are also angled ones, right? So it's usually like, hey, you're in room A. Mm-hmm. Here's room B over here, and there's but, no door. <laughs> but maybe you need to like take an item and then jump on a fan mm-hmm. and kind of move your tools around from mm-hmm. certain configuration, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not my favorite mechanic, but there's a couple cool times it was used. Um, like you can stack. Uh, there's one po- puzzle that requires you. Usually, you can only put like an item on a box. If you're on ground height, you can put a box down. You can put an item on a box, maybe a reflector lens. Um, and so you put that all on one of these fans that's going to go straight up in the air, and it doesn't go high enough for one of these puzzles. And the solution is you can get a bunch of other boxes and like shove them underneath that uh, box that's floating and it'll push the box higher and higher and higher until the reflector lens Defying pops out. Defying physics. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't actually make any sense, but um, they're the actually... The fan's working that much harder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a cool kind of solution. It does kind of tap into one sort of gripe I have with the game, and that's that um, sometimes there's a novel solution that is not mechanically well-defined until you figure it out. In that particular case, it's a good example, though, because it's just like, oh, cool, I can do this. Yeah. It's just, as far as I recall, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you've played more, you don't need to reuse that mechanic like elsewhere. You stack multiple boxes underneath one fan. Incorrect. <laughs> if you had beaten the game, uh-huh. there's a part in the tower which um, there are different endings. You can just beat the game, which is kind of like your... Standard playthrough. I wasn't going to make it to the tower, Dave, just so you know. <laughs> okay. Like in the recording or? No. Oh, okay. um, but if you decide to go up the tower, you're kind of defying Elohim, but you get to do these extra out-of-room puzzles. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it gives you, like, these... It's kind of like in Portal 2, mm-hmm. when you go back to, like, the legacy testing sites. This stuff's all broken and leaking all over the place. Not that mess. It's pretty <laughs> straightforward. But it's like very. It's not designed like ancient Egypt or Greece or anything like that. Right. It's just kind of like metal. Mm-hmm. Like somebody just made this Hardcore. little test, right? Yep. Uh, but there is one where you have some boxes and you have some fans, and you need to be up essentially three blocks high. Mm-hmm. Um, so you stand on one box. Oh, <laughs> I'm forget. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but essentially you, you reuse that mechanic. You're on both boxes, and you have a third box, and you drop it down under you. Uh-huh. You just kind of like let it go. But there's a fan that's blowing into your fan upstream, so it puts another one under you, uh, so okay. you're then high enough. Gotcha, gotcha. I see. So a lot of things will come back. It's not like, gee, that was cool. Never use it again. A lot of it will build on. Like if you have more than one jammer Mm. because a lot of times you want to like free up your tools get them from point a to point b where you can actually use them right for good or evil (laughs) so like let's say you have one jammer right right Mm -hmm. and you use that to jam a door yes um since that door is being jammed you can go to the other side Mm -hmm. how do you get that jammer that you're using to jam to open that door to get the other side on the other side you need a second jammer right so if you have two jammers mm -hmm. you can jam the door from both sides take one to the other side and then you just bring those two with you and you can kind of go through any one door yeah you can make your way through like an entire passage of force fields yeah um with two jammers uh and you might be thinking like what if i just kind of like finagle the jammer like grab it real quick put it close to the door and grab it if it's on the other side of the door there's like a special animation i think where you always like walk forward to the jammer before you pick it up, yeah, to prevent you from being able you can't, to sneak you can't it, jank it. Yeah, I'd I'd be interested to see, and uh, I should have looked this up, but see like speed running for this, I see what glitches people have found, if they exist, and they must. I don't remember if I saw a glitched one, but mm-hmm. back in the day I did watch one. Yeah, and they just knew everything, and they just <laughs> did it really quickly. Yeah, and I think they beat the whole game in like. Had to have been like around half an hour. That's pretty impressive. They just didn't fuck about. For the uh, for uh, comparison, 
to get the endings and kind of play through the game uh, it was estimated like 16 hours for us so half an hour is like pretty quick it's pretty quick yeah but i think a lot of time is like i'm going to figure shit out and mm-hmm. maybe do some optional stuff yeah mm-hmm. but uh yeah that's that's kind of the fan there the the next tool that's introduced is the one that like really adds the most complexity yeah, i think out does. of them uh, but it's a really unique device talk to us for a minute about our lord and savior that sound means it's time for intermission where we talk about whatever we want to talk about what do you want to talk about so today (laughs) uh got some stuff going on in the news figured we'd throw some updates out there uh for those of us who are listening to this in the future as opposed to people who are listening to this right now of which there is no one uh sahiro will have been released which is or sekiro 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 which yeah. is uh from soft's new ninja dark souls yeah mm-hmm. it looks good seems um, like it trailer looked good gameplay looked good and then they had like some early showcase for people who are part of like the game community mm-hmm. a lot of youtube people who are in that scene who i follow had like some footage and like their thoughts on it and it looks good i know vaddy's been jumping on this as a uh an attempt to like maintain a career keep, on youtube keep his channel alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah i know <laughs> that's pretty necessary i think but the thing is i don't think i'm going to jump into it mm-hmm. because per my own self-hatred i have not i haven't really beaten neo or even beaten the first boss of neo right or even fucking going back to bloodborne I haven't beat the first boss there either. So I, I feel like I should go back, take my lumps, and mm-hmm. then try Sekiro. Because it's going to be more challenging than previous titles. I think, for me... In that franchise. If, uh, well, Neo's, Neo's outside of uh, FromSoft's thing. But if a game drops its review score on Steam enough... Like and it falls off the most playlist for me, and Neo's actually at that. I think they were, if not mixed, it was just mostly positive or something like that. It actually, oh, excuse me, jeez, it actually has some significant uh, detractors. Hmm. So I'm like, yeah, uh, Bloodborne's still on the must playlist because a lot of people that's their favorite Souls like. Yeah. Um, let alone like in the main series. Um, but uh, same for me. Uh, I'll get to Sekiro eventually, but it's it's single player, so it's like it doesn't matter too much as long as I don't like massively get spoiled about something that matters. Yeah. So I well, think it's gonna be for the experience. The one thing for me, like a lot of my quotes being good at Dark Souls is from just persistence and getting that progression over time where I become stronger. Right. But in Sekiro, it seems like you don't really tech up as much as sideways. Right. From a lot of the coverage and demos, it seems like you just you get utility skills. Mm-hmm. Diversify so your you, bonds. If you are good, uh, you can kind of leverage those to mm-hmm. make things easier for you. But I'm not sure how that necessarily works for boss fights as much. I've not seen all the abilities, obviously. But a lot of it is like different ways to approach something. But you still need to be good. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'll put you on the spot here. What do you think the Metacritic score for the game will be? You can pick any console that comes out on. And we'll we'll revisit it next time. One, it's going to be most popular on PS4. Yes. Fucking obvious. Um, but I would expect it to be in the high 90s, right. honestly. I'd agree. Like I'd... It's had a lot of hype since E3 even before that. When they just had like a wooden arm mm-hmm. and like a string, people were like FromSoft's making the game, <laughs> and then like the hype was nuts. And I don't expect them to drop the ball in like a mechanics or story fashion. Mm-hmm. It seems like they got their shit together, and I expect it to go well. It's also possible for too much hype to actually hurt the reception of a game, though. Too not saying that would be the case here, but it's some, it's a, it is something in the industry no man should say <laughs> such a thing <laughs> well the sky's the limit as far as hype goes so i'm gonna give you a high five <laughs> between the mics here that was beautiful we should, there you go. that was awesome uh 
but uh, we'll see what goes goes on with that, and we'll probably do a little follow up and see how how correct we are. I'll I'll say like eight, I'll say eighty five to ninety and be contrary, but okay. in my heart's heart, I hope that you're more correct than I am. Uh, coming off of that, uh, Epic Games Launcher continues to be competitive in the games launcher space. Uh, kind of, uh, there's Oxen Free, which is available until April fourth. Then they're gonna have The Witness giving away free games, always cool. Uh, Quantic Dream's been releasing their games on the Epic Store. That's pretty cool. Detroit Become Human, when that's on PC, I recommend it for people. I played it on PlayStation. I enjoyed it. Is that from the same people who did a Heavy Rain? Yes. Nice. Um, they've had some other games that were not received as well, but I like both of those. I didn't play Heavy Rain. I did. I played uh, Indigo Prophecy. Wow, you fucking idiot. I know, I know, right? Like, I could have just sold it, too. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I totally played that. Um, also, Division 2 was released on Epic and not Steam. So some other publishers, big publishers, that was Ubisoft in that case, go into the Epic Game Store for that extra piece of the pie that they provide for people who publish their games. So Steam's got to pick it up. Um, other stuff kind of going on. HOTS is getting rid of their paid loot boxes. It's on PTR right now as of this recording. That's really weird. I don't think there's been a strict justification or not. But in the past, we've talked about microtransactions a lot on the podcast. And I could count on probably zero hands the number of times that microtransactions have completely been removed from a game. So my question is, why HOTS and not like 17 of their other titles? Because like Overwatch obviously still has it. Hearthstone still has it. Right. Do you think they're just trying to move away because it's gotten so much negative press? I would I would almost guess that in this case, HOTS was the low earner for them for microtransactions. What? But they're esports scene. <laughs> yeah, they're non-existent. Uh, but it probably hurts their bottom line less. Uh, this allows them to kind this of remarket the game. Faith. Yeah, it's a show of good faith. So we'll see uh, exactly where that ends up. System Shock 3 released their teaser, which I'm excited for. I played System System Shock 2, and we're all fans of Bioshock here. So uh, kind of seeing how, whether that, that parent has gone senile in its old age and whether it's entirely up on Bioshock to support it, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll know uh, someday. But I think the last time we heard news about this game was 2015. So I want to believe. I don't know if I do. Hashtag cyberpunk. playback okay so i forget the first time you see it exactly but it's essentially you i think you have like one jammer or one block and mm-hmm. then you have this like little shitty box mm-hmm. with like a knob on it you're like the fuck does this do <laughs> so you go up and it starts recording right and you kind of like see like the static and like a timer going at the bottom and you're like, you have five what? minutes yeah um so you turn it off Mm-hmm. And then you see a ghost image of yourself doing what you were just doing. Yeah. So essentially, you have to use your ghost playback to kind of copy any objects in the world or interact with things. Right. So in the first case, I think I had ghost me just stand on a pressure plate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go over here and then do this other thing. Yeah. Because I had one jammer and two doors or something like that. So then that opened two doors for me mm-hmm. just using my old self. Right. Um, but you can also copy the objects. So like, let's say there was a jammer in that room. Mm-hmm. The your ghost or right. past self yeah. can jam a door, and then also you can jam a door. Yeah. So it kind of doubles your possibilities. And I remember there's one time in Egypt, which is the second area, mm-hmm. where you have the force field. There's a fan. There's a laser, and there's where the laser needs to go, and then there's like three doors. Right. And the first time around I did that, I fucked up multiple times. Because a lot of times you're like, I think I did enough with my ghost, let me end my recording, uh-huh. and then I'll go do these things. Yes, yeah. And maybe it has you like trapped behind a wall, you're like, well, fuck. Yeah. Or something else. There's you're something like, else oh, you I missed the add. piece that I needed to do. Yeah. So you really have to plan out ahead of time what you want to do. Yeah. So, like, later on in the game, I, I just go and, like, stand in a place, and I just count out loud, like, one, two. <laughs> and then at the same time, I'm thinking what actual me will be doing once right. the recording stops. Yeah. Because you have to work in, in parallel, basically. Yeah. 
you just record in serial and execute in parallel. That's literal. That that's basically how this works. Um, yeah, the ghost devices are really cool. I really like that. I think one of the puzzles has you uh, use your ghost to um, you provide charge. You you set up um, a reflector in such a way that it'll provide charge for a, a platform or for a a fan mm-hmm. um, and launch uh, something higher up in the air. And then you have to switch back. You record that, providing the charge, and then switch back to uh, reality. Put something on the platform that'll be lifted up. You use yeah. the same reflector to uh, actually run over, connect it to the door, run back, make sure that you left enough time on your ghost to not turn the power on yet. Um, you've con- now connected it so the reflector will go all the way to the exit door. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah end yeah, up yeah. to the wall. But if you record too early... If you like turn the power on too early, then the fan will be on and you can't stack the block and the reflector. Mm-hmm. So you literally have to give yourself time to execute it. You can't like be too quick on the reflector or for the with a replay, I should say. So there are some things um, with like anytime you are jumping in the game, mm-hmm. like if you're jumping to a platform or like a, a box or a hexahedron. It will show, like, feet there, and you press space, and animation goes. Yeah. You get, like, a special jump, basically. But there are times, like, you're trying to do it too quick, and it's not... The animation isn't primed, or Mm -hmm. it doesn't show yet. There have been times, like, where my ghost is running off without me. I'm like, what? I didn't account for my (laughs) (laughs) fuck-ups. And then I have to go and redo it. Yeah. And you're not recording more than, like... I think at most I did a minute. Yeah, I don't... And that was, like, a decent buffer of time. Mm Mm-hmm. Usually I give myself like 15 seconds per section and I'm, yeah. I'm really slow. Um, but yeah, the game is really forgiving with the amount of time it gives you. It's five minutes maximum for all recordings. You would never need that. And it's just like you went AFK basically recording and came back and That's still got time. That's if you wanted time. to just like look at yourself. You're like, God damn, you're so pretty. I think there actually is a, um, there's an achievement for greeting your recording. I don't know how you get it. It's not for is it for recording or is it for like the other part in the end game there's one there's one for recording and then there's another one for leaving a message with your recording and then reading it in real time oh yeah and that was just like this is something i would literally never get in gameplay Um, but you can you can leave like qr codes like the game has they have like special messages which are actually like fixed and it's part of the game. Yeah. It's like it's like think of it like Dark Souls where sometimes there were developer messages that could have different text than what the normal templates could have. Um but you can leave templated messages and uh whoever else you have that are your Steam friends will be able to see those messages. They're pretty much all worthless, <laughs> which is different than Dark Souls, but yeah. They're just things like uh I beat this one in 20 seconds. And, like, make sure to trust Elohim or, like, the Deceiver is, is out to get you, stuff like that. Who's the Deceiver, Jake? The Deceiver, uh, Dave, is a... Dave is not the Deceiver. I'd like <laughs> to clarify the, that one quick. The Deceiver, comma, Dave, comma. <laughs> no, is he um, essentially an AI that uh, you can encounter in uh, terminals throughout the game. It is the uh, Milton Library Assistant or MLA, and basically you, it starts off and it just seems like it's a helper program, doesn't have like sentience or anything like that, and as the game unfolds, um, he starts uh, being more sassy toward you. You're like, all right, this is maybe not just an a, like just a helper program, um, and then it starts like questioning your choices and things, and it brings up a lot of the philosophical questions that the game asks, like... Uh, like what is a person it's like what is goodness like what are, what are all of these things and um, to boil down down a lot of interactions with it you can have uh, he's basically a nihilist and he just doesn't believe uh, in human consistency for any of these terms mm-hmm. and so regardless of what stance you take you're just like Oh, animals can be people because they can feel pain or, you know, some other argument. He'll always argue against you. Um, unless you just, like, give up entirely. Then he's like, correct. <laughs> but um, uh, if you talk to him enough, eventually Elohim's just like, like, don't talk to that guy. He's bad, bad juju. 
in uh, much more deific language. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually I there's an achievement I think depending on like how there's a couple of achievements depending on how you interact with them. Um, one of them I you can promise to like bring him to the tower, like bring him outside. Um, there's another achievement you can get for like winning a, a logic argument with him somehow, which I did not get. <laughs> um, or you can just like shut him down entirely and just be like, I'm not talking to you. Like, like SDFU, <laughs> we're out. <laughs> um, but it's kind of an interesting, like you were talking about the terminals adding lore to it. This is where a lot of that comes in. Yeah. Um, this and like outside emails from human civilization and things like yeah. that. Which they're like snippets throughout those terminals of like, I don't want to spoil too much as I'm spoiling the whole game. Yeah. Um, but there's like snippets of like little TXT files or like emails or correspondence between people, uh, things here and there. And there's also um, throughout the levels this uh, binary stream in like a shape. Oh, yeah. Where if you run into, you hear a voice log of a researcher. Mm hmm. Alexandra, somebody. It's like Brennan or Brannon or something. It's right there. Uh, Drennan. <laughs> Alexandra Drennan. <laughs> well, you said Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> I said Brennan or Brannon. <laughs> McFannon. I'm calling her Brandon. <laughs> so you listen to Brandon. Um, <laughs> Alexandra Brandon. <laughs> kind of have like these snippets of kind of like going back over her life and, mm-hmm. uh, trying to like derive meaning from it like when she went on vacation with her family yeah uh, and they went to egypt i mm-hmm. think this happens when you're in the egypt there which is mm-hmm. the second area yeah um, end of the dead <laughs> it's egypt <laughs> so she's kind of talking about uh, her experience there and how at a point she was in like a like an empty street mm-hmm. that you know used to be a main street yeah a long ass time ago She's like, people used to live here. Like, right. this used to be a part of society, and now it's just a wasteland and graveyard, essentially. And that kind of freaked her out. Right. And so, like, all of these things are kind of going through her life and experiences, and it kind of goes along with you talking to MLA mm-hmm. for, like, what it means to be an individual, to be a person. What does life mean? Right. So it gets into like all of these things, but it's not in a heavy-handed way. It's, I don't feel like it's trying to drive home a certain narrative. I think it's just in a a thought-provoking way because yeah. you are a robot. Yes, and like the end of the game, it does kind of tie in, but you find out through these logs and from like listening to the voice recordings that humanity essentially got fucking nuked yeah um <laughs> not literally but basically yeah yeah it's 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 and i don't think it's that much of a spo- it's a bit of a spoiler but i mean the it's game's not gonna also, impact the game yeah and the game's like five years old now but um it's it's how she and her co-workers at this this company this institute and how humanity as a whole deals with the inevitability of extinction, um, which is really cool. And it also, they, they take a spin on it that sci-fi usually doesn't like the degradation of society usually leads to this like post-apocalyptic, like Mad Max. It's always post-apocalyptic and, uh, fuck. What's the other word? Dystopian societies. Exactly. But, uh, in Talos principle, it's not that it's like, what if, what if humanity was doomed they knew it they could do nothing about it and the majority of people accept it or figure out like how to make the most of their remaining lives without like tearing apart society right Mm -hmm. um and that's that's the premise that like leads into pretty much everything that happens in the game um and i give them points for coming at that from a less pessimistic angle um but yeah, that all leads into what the Talos principle actually is. Uh, and the game doesn't actually have that many secrets about like what happened on the outside. Like I think the first 
20 or 30 percent of the game you don't really know about what's going on outside or what's gone on outside Mm -hmm. and then pretty much everybody knows like even the other uh children of elo excuse me of elohim uh are talking about they're like yeah society's doomed (laughs) like there's nothing left there's no reason to go out there yeah and um the other thing i kind of happens throughout the game um, you'll see like some glitches. Like mm. there's a level you get to where like you see through the walls and shit, and you're like, "Can I just go over there and get the thing?" <laughs> and then Elohim says like, "Stop!" And then everything yeah. kind of goes back into order. Yeah. But you immediately know like, if you had any doubts from like looking at your hands, um, you're not human. You're not in a real world. Right. You're in a program simulation station. Mm-hmm. It's true facts, and. Uh... Elohim actually he he does that one other point. So he's talking about how he uh he'd scare me if he was uh, uh if I was spending too much time on a puzzle. Yeah. Right. Um and there's one point where one of the uh AI kind of like or not AI, another one of the children, a hologram of a child, one of the children runs at you. They look the same as you do basically, like little robots. Uh, humanoid robots, they're not little. I digress. Runs at you screaming. And Elohim just yells, cease, and then it just vanishes. And I'm like, what is going on? To be fair, you played how late? I played, like, I think I'm the latest I played to, like, 5. A.M. Um, A.M., yeah. yeah I, I have clarify the that off. one. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was playing during normal hours, and Jake's like, I'm off this week. Fuck it. The game also has, like, a lot of uh, Easter eggs. And one of them is, like, uh, it looks like a, a claw up on like a ledge and you can see the claw and if you walk forward to the claw uh an old man voice yells like fly you fools and then the claw like either vanishes or fall off or whatever and this was like the peak of late night i'm already super super tired playing this game and i like almost pee myself immediately <laughs> because this game just wants to shout shout things at me randomly i don't know what volume you're playing at but it sounds nuts yeah i definitely had it up a little bit too loud um yeah what else uh what else about the talus principle shines shines to you because i know that you've completed the game multiple times now whereas i've completed the game zero times um, so I just want to say in front of Elohim and everybody, it's not hard for me to finish. Um, we did skip one tool or mechanic. Oh, that's true. The platforms, which are the platforms, which are like little, do you remember those shitty kind of like light blue, but clear plastic things from Legos that were like windows? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what these remind me that's of. That's what it is. Exactly. Um, so they're only used in conjunction with playback. If I recall, Yes. But, I think they're actually worthless otherwise. Other yeah. than putting them on platforms or like switches to open doors. Yeah, yeah they do yeah. have weight. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but normally, um, if you are carrying a box, you can put it on a thing. Mm-hmm. You can't have a box that also is carrying something like a reflector lens. Right. But if you have, let's say, a platform that is flat, uh, you can jump on that shit. Yes. Or put a box on that shit. Mm-hmm. So you now use this with your ghost, and there's an area where you're like, I can't jump up that high, mm-hmm. but I can put a box here, and then jump up on the box, and jump up on my ghost, and jump up on the thing. <laughs> and you can, like, there's a point where um, you actually have to have your ghost ferry you yes. across uh-huh. to a ledge, and then go around on the other side. And then Is this the, the short ledge. wall? The short wall, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like, that's the only that's the whole level yeah and like you figure it out pretty quick like ah yeah, yeah. and a lot i'm sorry i was just gonna say like that's pretty much all it is except for there's one level where it has like a, a castle theme mm-hmm. and you have to do your playback but you have to put a box on your ghost with the platform yes it walks around to the other side you have to climb up a ladder quick mm-hmm. and you it jumps and you have to like grab the box from it so you can get it to like a higher area to put on a pressure plate. Huh. Okay. I actually did the sequencing different for that puzzle. I know which one you're talking about. What did you do? I'm I'm trying to recall exactly what it was, but I basically ended up I had all of the pieces there. So what I I did is there's a ledge. You have to stand on 
the platform um, that your ghost is holding and then like jump up to a ledge and uh, you have to get a box also up to that ledge Mm -hmm. is basically the goal if you get that then you have your win condition Um, but uh, what I did is I went over there and I put the box next to the ledge and then so I had my ghost pick me up or like I jumped on my ghost went over had him jump up and then I grabbed the box or no before I jumped up I grabbed the box off the ground put it up and then I like jumped up basically I had everything there and my ghost did very little other than stand there and take care of things for me it's I also realized I can't imagine everybody's listening has any idea what the fuck we're talking I about. I actually realized that like a while ago. I was like, I don't know why I'm trying to de- decide any of these or describe any All right, of these now puzzles. Picture spatially exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's like we know about the puzzle and I can't even describe exactly yeah, you're what I did. Triggering for me, like people's memories. Other people are like what is, is this a good doing? game? Is, uh, <laughs> they're just are they literally trying to spatially describe puzzles for mechanics that we don't comprehend? Yeah, Maybe a bad call on our part. <laughs> Might be. Yeah. So anyways, it's a game. Uh, so between uh, not that great and pretty good, how do you, how do you feel about Talos, Talos Principle? The principle itself, not the game. I just <laughs> make eye contact with Jake for a sec. Uh, now that he knows what he did. Uh, I really like the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly one or two minor complaints I could come up with if forced. Mm-hmm. But I really have enjoyed the pacing of it. I really enjoy the world building and theming. There's a third area, which just kind of has all the things. It's kind of an amalgamation mm-hmm. uh, called Area C. But the hub world for that is like a gothic cathedral. Yeah. And one of the reasons you know is because the lighting and using your eyes yes. the other way <laughs> is the fucking music they have for it yes which we play at the beginning mm-hmm. which me saying that now makes sure that we will actually put it as part of the intro right do we want that at the intro i fucking do okay all right it's so right. high it's just it's really good it is pretty good did you like that that I, word that I choice just, of verbiage yeah. i mean like it's um, not it's not super descriptive but you know we can work with good i think i think <laughs> It's like it's a fucking puzzle game, but mm-hmm. like that music makes you feel like it's an otherworldly experience. It is a very atmospheric puzzle game. Yeah. Usually puzzle games focus a lot on the mechanics because they have to because if they don't have mechanics then they're not puzzle games. Um but that's usually a lot of times that's where they stop. Talos Principle also has some theolo- like a lot of theology, philosophy and atmosphere out the wazoo. Yeah. Um and I don't even know like whether this guy has a wazoo, it's basically a robot, but there's atmosphere. But things are definitely that. out of that wazoo. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have my list of gripes uh, for the game, but overall, if you like puzzle games and you like take breaks, I think is pretty key for this. Yeah, then definitely. It, it helps fatigue you less. The thing that got me, like the first time I played, yeah. was I really 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 did not want to look up solutions to puzzles uh, can i share a story do you want to share the story f- for what happened the first time i played yeah okay yeah go ahead so i'll make corrections and addendums at the end <laughs> back in the day when we played around like the same time uh jake and i were still working together and like typically people would go out for lunches together so long ago yeah anyway <laughs> as we went to salad works and we were just like chatting but he was stuck on this puzzle mm-hmm. as I was also stuck on this puzzle. And for the whole lunch, we talked about how the fuck we would solve this one puzzle. Yes. Uh, and it was really cool to be like, I'm stumped by this, but I want to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Did you ever actually look up solutions or I solved that one. So this is, this is what did me in uh-huh. is I spent like an hour, I think trying that one came out, talked about it. We like, we literally were like diagramming solutions, I think at work on a notepad at yep. some point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I actually, I think like we can solve this. Came back with a fresh perspective, solved the puzzle. And I was like, this is hype. This is like the height of it. Like I finally freaking solved this thing. Then I went in, went back to the, the outside area, outside the puzzle, went to the next puzzle, immediately got stumped. And all of my interest in the game just drained to zero because 
I didn't get to experience that, that like high of accomplishment for that long before the game was just like you still have no idea what's going on. Like you start your victory stuff. lap and it trips you. Yeah, yeah it's basically like, they just gun you down on the victory lap. <laughs> I like to thank the academy. Sir, get off the stage. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, but the thing is, if you're if you're playing this game at like a less aggressive pace, or you're more casual about the puzzles or you're playing for the puzzles themselves as opposed to trying to just get through all of it um then you'll have a much healthier mindset i think for approaching the game um the pacing was was my downside but that's also like the way i was approaching the game that's not necessarily a fault against the game itself Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fault the Talos principle for having puzzles in its puzzle game. <laughs> like, you fuckers. <laughs> nobody told me. And the game, I think, I don't know how expensive it is now. At launch, it was slightly pricey for a puzzle game. It was like 30 or 40 or something. I think it was 30. Yeah. I've not seen it recently for more than 50. Hmm. You said 15, right? Yeah. Okay. It was more than 50. They've raised <laughs> the price. <laughs> I mean, they do now have a, a DLC also, mm-hmm. which came out shortly after called Road to Gehenna. Right. With some other additional challenges. Um, It's harder, and that's all I remember. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't think I beat that one. I have no comment for the DLC. But I, <laughs> I might go back and check it out. But I will say also, um, whenever you leave... Go, <laughs> Way tangenting back. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you leave one of the hub worlds, like you've, let's say, cleared area A, uh-huh. or you have enough stars to like go access the elevator, you go up. Right. And then you're in like another hub where you can go between A, B, and C. Yes. And then you see a tower. Mm-hmm. And Elohim's like, hey, don't go up the tower. Yeah. This is, this is the forbidden fruit. Yeah. It's literally that allegory, basically. He's like, I hate fruits. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this tower. But you look up. And it goes into the sky. It's, you can't see the top of it. And the higher up it goes, the more like dark and stormy and fucking crazy it looks. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Because it's kind of just made of rock, but there's like different platforms jutting out and stuff. And you're like, are those puzzles? <laughs> they are puzzles. They look like they could be puzzles. Um, but it's really cool. If you decide to go up it, which, I mean, you should. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good game content. You're doing some of these out of the ordinary like you're not in a like i said you're on a themed area right you're just doing these things kind of make you think outside of the box a little bit mm. but also bring maximal mechanics and then in between each thing um because he can't track you when you're on the elevator but when you're in between he's like hey uh what what's going on <laughs> i thought, thought we had this thing yeah and then after you get at the top of the elevator you have this sequence of things which really makes you think that's out of the box. Mm-hmm. There's another robot there that's actively trying to help you. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that's actively trying to be a douche. Really? Huh. Yeah. So, like, let's say there's a laser that you set up. You're going to connect these two things. Yeah. He'll go and step on a panel that, like, brings up a wall that blocks it. And then he, he gives you the double bird and he's like, bitch. <laughs> Verbatim, exactly what happens. Um, but there was a point where I was stuck actually there. But the storm that you see at the, like the, when you look up from the bottom of the tower yeah. is actually rising. So if you take too long, everything gets much more chaotic and crazy and dark, and it's harder to see. It's not that bright, sunny day. Yeah. And pieces of platforms will start to go missing. And I was like, did that thing just fuck? And I just fell through and died. And I was like, oh, shit. So it is timed. Mm-hmm. You have plenty of time. When you, but I did not realize that there was actually a time component yeah. until I got fucked. So when they, uh, when you, when you die in any of the puzzles, they like do a quick re- re- rewind to the start of it. If you rewind in this section, does it like undo the storm and the damage to the, the room? Yeah, it brings you back to the very beginning of where you started that. Okay, cool. Quotes room. Right. This is kind of like this un unofficial. Yeah. It's time sequence sort of. It's like a three or four part thing as you're like going up the tower. It's hmm. like a series of puzzles, but it's all one final challenge, hmm. which is pretty hype. They did a good job with that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that and probably won't be for a while, but uh, Talos Principle, pretty solid game. Play it if you like puzzle games. Play it if you like games with principle in the name. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Soapstone. Uh, as always, you can reach out to us at our Gmail, soapstonepodcast at gmail.com, or like us on Facebook if you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. Always happy to interact with fans there. And until next time, we'll see you in the next one. Bye.